It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. So, uh, yes, so we went from Facebook Messenger, which we were using the first time, to Zoom, to Skype. We're on Skype now, so hopefully that works for us. I feel like Skype really dropped the ball in, um, in 2020. You know, Skype was like the video messaging service, and they could, they could have done amazing things in 2020, but instead, Zoom just kicked them in the nuts and ran away. <laughs> anyway... Here we are, episode number five, uh, yes. the letter E. I'm Ed. I'm Peter. There you go. Those are the names of the guys, Ed and Peter. And I have the cup, the magical cup of words. Um, all, all E's. I didn't put the F's in there. That's, that's just sensible. All right, here we go. Going to shake this thing up. You can say when you want it. All right, keep going. <laughs> okay, no, no, that's good. Yeah, that's good. All right. And we have... Oh, shit. And we have entry-level jobs. Entry-level jobs. Entry-level jobs. The letter E just drops the drops the thing. And it's funny. I'm looking at this tag now, and I'm wondering if that tag came out because it was actually the longest physically. <laughs> I wonder if That's that. I wonder if that helped it along its way. But uh, you rigged the system. Not to be known. Yeah, inadvertently, accidentally rigged the system. So entry-level jobs. First of all, what was the first job? You had. What was your What was your entry level job? I was an assistant camp counselor. How old were you? I was probably fifteen. Okay. And the camp? Uh, the camp was uh, quite uh, quite expensive. It was in sort of downtown Montreal, um, and I was charged with the care of thirty boys that ranged between nine and eleven years of age. Why, why was there a camp in downtown? Aren't camps supposed to be on, like, farms and at lakes and things? Who's going to a camp? It was really a glorified daycare. Okay. You know, I think they called it camp so that their kids would want to go, right? But it was just daycare. Okay. For, for so that was, your, that, was, that was your first job. You were 15 years old. Were you good at it? Uh, I'd like to think so. I mean, the, 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 the kids liked me. Um, <laughs> I, and maybe it was fun. I don't know, I ate a lot of their lunches because a lot of the time they, they didn't like, you know, what their mom had brought them or what they, you know, there, there was a caterer on site. So I ended up, you know, I was a growing 15-year-old boy, so I ended up with, you know, four or five lunches that some kid didn't want to eat, and that worked out nicely for So me. it was a day camp. It wasn't an overnight thing. That's right, yeah. See, when I think of these camps, because, you know, being Australian, you see them in the movies, these American summer camps where the kids go away for three and four months over summer. Has nothing, yeah, nothing I ever went through. But it is a it is a uniquely North American thing. My I first job, my in Australia. yeah, that's true. That wouldn't be that wouldn't be entirely so. <laughs> my entry level job, shockingly, you know, no no real surprises here was uh, was McDonald's. I was thirteen years old. and I went to work at a McDonald's. And uh, what did you do there? I worked at the counter, and the thing was that when I was thirteen, I looked eight. So a lot of people were very surprised to see a literal child. Uh, greeting them at McDonald's. I hated that job. Hated it so much that I could not express how much I hate it. I used to do pretty short shifts as well. They were only like three or four hour shifts, but they felt like torture. And also, did, did you have to stand on a milk crate or something to see over the counter? Very nearly, I did, but not quite. I was, I was right there. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the standing was one of the worst things. And I mean, it's the same thing about most entry level jobs. Is they're all standing but not jobs. The customers. 
not the customers the, the worst. It was the standing. I mean, the customers, you, you expect that's going to be bad, but you never expect that, you know, the pain and discomfort that comes with standing all day. I mean, even retail jobs, you know, they're standing for 10 hours a day. And if you see them leading, they're like, you know, if your boss sees you leading, like, what are you leading for? Because I'm tired. Well, it's interesting that you, you know, you made the leap into, into retail. I guess retail is often an entry-level job to people. But I thought that entry-level jobs was a weird thing to choose because I'm not sure that they really exist anymore. I mean, now that we live in a world of, you know, gig economies and, you know, everyone having to hustle, you know, five little side jobs to, to just make ends meet. Isn't everything kind of an entry-level job? That's true. In fact, I think that more things should be easily accessible as entry-level jobs. I think that, like, I, and I'll go to the extremes here, I think that you could take something like a surgeon and you could say, like, you don't need to do 10 years of school for that if you could just attach yourself to a working surgeon. I think that there are a lot of jobs that could be turned back into the apprentice system. I think you could be an apprentice surgeon. I think if you... Would you feel comfortable going under the knife if you knew that it was an apprentice surgeon? If I was going under the knife of somebody who was like 35 and they had been apprenticed to one surgeon since they were, you know, 17, 18, I'd be completely confident in that because they will have gone very slowly through the processes. They will have watched the surgeon do the thing. He will have said, you know, this is what I'm doing. Here's what you'll do when you do it eventually. I think that a lot of jobs don't need the education system that we've we've forced upon them. I think a lot, a lot, a lot more jobs can be apprentice jobs than just, you know, what they are at the moment, mechanics and house painters and, and plasterers and bricklayers. Well, I'm glad that you bring that up because one of the words that I threw into the cup was education. This is true. And I'm, and, and I'm curious about, you know, the value of education in the context of the, the sort of McDonald'sization of the job market, right? The fact that, you know, you have to be you know, an Uber driver and have an OnlyFans account to make a living, you know, but... The, the, What's on your OnlyFans account? Is there anything exciting we can find on your... Do you want to, do you want to give a shout-out for your OnlyFans? I, I, I'll make one. Uh, I'll, I'll get right on that after after we finish recording. What's your? What was your highest level of education? What did you get to? Uh, I dropped out of university okay. several times. So I, I, I don't know how to how to put that... You know, I guess I've done the total of a total of three years of university level education, maybe. But officially, you're a high school graduate. Yeah. Has that ever, to you, been a hindrance in your in your job seeking? No, mostly because I'm a cook, yeah. and lots of cooks, you know, come from varying educational backgrounds. Uh, I've worked with people who, you know, have master's degrees, and I've worked with people who are high school dropouts and everything in between. So. You know, if, if you, lots of people end up in kitchens and, and it doesn't really matter what your level of education is. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think people talk a lot about how college degrees seem to be getting less and less valuable. You know, there's so many people with a bachelor's degree, so many people with a master's degree that it's not impressive anymore. I mean, it is impressive, but it doesn't get you what you need to anymore. All right. Well, I, I, always, I sort of felt that, you know, we've, we've kind of made it so that, you know, having a degree is an expectation if you want to move into a job market and get past what I guess are entry level jobs. You know, if you wanna if you want a corner desk somewhere, you have to have a degree. That's just the way it is. Do you though? Like you're if talking about you're talking so if that's the case then we've oversaturated the market with people who want corner desks. I don't know, because you're talking about which okay is devalued, which is devalued uh, you know, having a post secondary education to begin with. 
so if that's the case, then it should be paid for by the state, and we shouldn't have to pay for something that's just expected of us anyway. Let's talk about the corner desk, because let's say in theory you're talking about, like, insurance or, like, a Wall Street job. Neither of those, to me, seem like things that absolutely have to have a degree attached to them. If you were, agree, if, if you were just inflated the requirement so that a degree is just a thing, you know, it's just a thing that you pay for. It's like, it's like a tithe to some sort of system, <laughs> you know, like you, you pay your money, you get the degree. It's not like you're ever going to use it. I would go so far as to say that there is no job I would be uncomfortable being served in by somebody who didn't have a degree. If I found out that my pilot had not gone to flight school, but in fact was still a very accomplished pilot just because they'd learned how to be a pilot, I'd be totally okay with that. If I, have, if I found out that, you know, not that I have a financial manager because I'm a garbage person, but if I found out that my financial manager didn't have a master's in economics, but rather was just somebody who was really clever and knew what they were doing, and had learned on the job, I'd still be okay with that. I cannot think of a single job that I would look at the person, even a doctor. If a doctor knew exactly what he was doing, and he had not gone through medical school, I'd still be okay with that. I, I, I totally agree with you. I think that in a lot of cases, uh, you know, having a, having a specified background, or a specified educational path, or whatever, has been created as, a, as sort of a walled garden. Right, it's a it's a it's a members only club, and yeah. so you know you you have to join the the join the union or get the degree or do the whatever before you can do the job, and it's just a way of limiting the number of people who can practice that specific job so that they can charge more for what they do. Okay, <laughs> that's really all it is. side side passage. What's the worst job you ever had? What is what is the job that you you wanted to die every day you were there? Uh, the worst I ever had was, uh, I guess, also an entry-level job. It was in high school, and I got a job in a telemarketing office. Oh, yeah, okay. And, uh, my job was basically to sell timeshare presentations to old people, um, and they would go to some resort outside of Barrie, Ontario, and sit through a time presentation, timeshare presentation in exchange for you know, a free weekend at the resort. Um, well, what kind of resort is located in Barrie, Ontario? That's, that's why I mentioned it, right? So, like, I mean, it's everything you imagine it to be. We, we as new recruits, got to go up to the resort to uh, survey its splendors so that we would know what we were selling to the people we were phoning. Um, often we were phoning deceased people. And that was the worst part of the job because well you weren't you weren't you weren't phoning deceased people you were you were calling numbers of people you weren't phoning to see you weren't phoning dead people no but I mean you phone and you ask for Bill but it's Lorna on the line and she breaks into tears because Bill's just passed away six months ago right and that happened almost every day and that's when you say you know but you know what Bill would have loved you know what Bill really would have loved if he was still around was was Barry Ontario. Right, and that was my job, was basically to convince Lorna that Barry would really love to, to, to have gone to this presentation. So it was horrible, and I, I started having nightmares. Um, and the nightmares continued, and I thought, well, I should quit. Um, but I didn't really have the guts, so I just stopped showing up for work. And I thought, if I just stopped showing up for work, then ostensibly I'd get fired, and I wouldn't have to come back. But no phone call ever came for me. So uh, Yeah, well, they, they probably had such high turnover rates, such high quitting rate, that when somebody didn't show up for two days, they were just like, well, he's quit. It probably happened yeah, so yeah. often that they just didn't even bother having a system for following up I'm with people. I'm sure that that's true, but I felt really guilty, and I wanted to, and I kind of liked my boss. She was a really nice lady, so 
I, I smoked the joint. I screwed up the courage to go down to the office and speak with her and explain that I'd been having these horrible nightmares and that I just had to quit. Um, and I got to the office and she wasn't there. She was taking a new batch of recruits up to the resort to, to survey its splendors. And this guy was in the office. He was the, the sort of head of marketing for the entire resort chain. And his name was uh, Brad Noble. And he was exactly what a guy named Brad Noble sounds like in your head. Uh, he wore Hang on, let me, let me describe, let me describe, before you go, let me describe Brad Noble. You ready? Brad Noble to me is um, 45. He wears like silk blue suits. He has a vape pen. He is like balding on the top, but he has like really jet black dark hair because he continually dyes it. And he's one of those guys who's like entirely driven by money, but is not particularly intelligent. So he like has landed in telemarketing for that reason. That is very, very close to the truth. <laughs> um, so, so instead, of, instead of the nice lady that I was expecting to, you know, spill my guts to, uh, there was there was Brad Noble, and he was sitting, you know, behind the desk in the boiler room. And I just had to complete my mission. So I sat down in front of Brad and I explained all about these nightmares that I was having about phoning dead people and how I just couldn't handle the fucking stress and I couldn't do this job anymore. And uh, I just kind of, you know, I just let it all out. And Brad looked at me from behind the desk and said, well, Peter, it's just like we tell our customers. This offer just isn't for everyone. And then he shook my hand and it was the weirdest moment of my life. I wonder how many years Brad is serving now. Brad, whatever 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 facility of Her Majesty you're in right now, we wish you the best. Yeah, yeah. Any last thoughts on uh, entry level oh you wanna you wanna my worst job? Oh I've had a I've had a whole series of crap jobs. I went from crap job to crap job to crap job to crap job. Um, what, yeah, the phone, the phone is the bad one. I, I worked in the Pizza Hut call center. So when you want to, um, order from Pizza Hut, the telephone call doesn't go directly to your local store. It goes to like a call center. So I worked in that call center there. I was probably 15 and I was getting the absolute minimum wage that you could get. So I think I was making five fifty an hour because, Where is this? Uh, what country is this? this is in Australia. Australia has great minimum wage when you're over 18. So when you're over 18, the minimum wage is like $22 an hour. But so there's an incentive toward child labor. There's an incentive towards getting people Which their first jobs. Why people were concerned about an eight-year-old working at McDonald's. It gets people their first jobs because you can say, look, you can hire a 14-year-old and pay them five fifty now. It's probably a lot higher than that now, but this was <laughs> okay. this was 15 years ago. And uh, yeah, the, the reason that I hated that job was because it was brutal and because you were on the phone all day to people who were really rude to you. But then also, you'd do a five-hour shift and you know what five times five is? 25. You'd come out of five hours work and you have $25. And you'd be like, I've got to spend $5 on the bus to get here and back. That took out 20% of my profit. It was... Yeah, you're, better off, you're better off mowing lawns. Better off mowing lawns. If I had that, you know, if I had that drive to start my own lawn mowing business, I would have done a lot better. But I didn't. Yeah. Something about telephone jobs. Telemarketing jobs are just... They're, they're, they're human poison. They're so they, will, they will destroy you. Well, on that bright note, anything you wanted to add to uh, entry-level jobs before we sign off? Uh, well, I I think we sort of covered a lot of bases. We, we jumped all over the place. We did. That's sort, of, that's sort of what we do, but I think I think that there's no such thing as an entry-level job. I mean, everything, every job is a job, you know? And like, 
I think we should take pride in the work that we're doing, regardless of what it is. And especially now, when most of us are just cobbling together a living, doing all sorts of, you know, bizarre things, making candles and, and masturbating online and whatever, like, let's let's be proud of the work that we do. Usually and not at the same time, but depends on the person. And thrive. I, I mean, it's really, I mean, that could be, that could be a whole niche thing. Yeah. Uh, you want to give a uh, you want to give a plug for the the merchandise now. I saw you had sweaters, sweaters with our with yeah, our tag on them. There are sweaters, there are iPhone cases, uh, there are fanny packs because I think the the youth these days are really into fanny packs. I've heard that. Yeah. What's the uh, what's the uh, website for this? Uh, it's it's on our regular site. Uh, you can go to podpage.com backslash Ed and Peter. And uh, you can find all of our links to all of our episodes. You can find links to all of the places where you can find further episodes. And you can click a link to purchase merch. And we'd love if you did. Yes, let's do that. And leave us a voicemail. All right, that's yeah, it. Why is no one left us a voicemail? Because nobody in the world leaves voice. I don't even have voicemail set up on my phone. If somebody tries to leave a voicemail to me, it just says voicemail is not you, set up on their you service. Could, you click a button on the website. It's that easy. Alright, well we're into our longest episode coming up on seventeen minutes, so we gotta sign okay, off before this gets before this just turns into anarchy. That okay. was episode letter E. I'm Ed. I'm here. That's Ed and Peter. Bye.